Hi everyone, it's Toya Nomura and you're listening to LunaStream. Our shared goal for this podcast is to create a public forum for second generation to discuss their opinions, form stimulating conversations about our movement, and to bring the ideas of the young people to the forefront of the wider conversation. And on this week's podcast, Justin Tora and I will be discussing with our special guests today, Ewa Dardi and Chanu Ang, about our experiences with first gen, how we feel about them. I'll go up on stage say you. you guys how we've been treated by them it's like the worst job it's to like- be a slave and how they typically respond when we have our problems that we bring up in my parents i almost i kind of just grouped them both in the first gen group because like the divine principle says and it's just like once again you'll be hearing some aju sprinkled throughout the conversation in an attempt to censor the profanity and censor the names of those who we've said out loud so that we're not calling them out publicly and it sounds something like this. Aju! So if you hear some random ajus throughout the conversation, now you know why. And without further ado, on to the programming. Hi guys, you're listening to Luna Stream. I'm your host, Toya Nomura, and I'm joined by my lovely hosts, Justin Darty and Tora Oda. Um, Justin, please introduce yourself. Hello everybody, my name is Justin Darty. I'm 25 years old, currently located in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and I am the Young Adult Minister here. And Tora. Hi, hi guys. My name's Tora Oda from Las Vegas, 24 years old, and I'm a childhood friend of both Justin and Toya. And we have two special guests with us today. Their names are Chanu Ang and Ewa Darty. Uh, Chanu, would you mind introducing yourself? Yeah, so uh, hi guys. Uh, my name's Chanu. Um, I'm 21 years old. I'm from New Jersey. And yeah, um, yeah, I've been growing up the church my entire life. I'm a third gen and I have second gen parents, which is interesting and yeah and Awa, please i am Awa. i'm 25 and i live in bridgeport and i'm married to jessen hey thank you mm. and um so today we're gonna talk about your dad's always like the fuck i do circle <laughs> yeah the circle so all right we, we, we all sat around uh, we, well first the youth was told like hey we you know you guys it's time for youth sunday service i think once a oh month. I, I, I was over and we we're all at Tori's yeah. house, and we we're talking about our frustrations with the first gen yeah so it's like once a month we did a youth service and that for that week for some reason there was a bunch of youth there and none of us wanted to do a youth service. We just felt like, screw this. Uh, we don't want to do youth service. And then uh, we were kind of like, you know what we should do? We should go in the church, go up on the stage, say, fuck do. you guys, drop the mic and walk out. <laughs> just and as dad just all in. together, just all go up on stage, say, fuck, do. fuck you guys, then drop the microphone and, and just walk out. <laughs> then Reverend Ota, Itora's dad was like, that sounds like, a interesting idea like he was not like outwardly against it he was just like okay guys that sounds like an interesting like he just he was kind of in the kitchen listening in and then decided to like step in and say something and he was just kind of like okay but like what's your plan like what are you going to do next week like and also what do you hope to like communicate to the first gen like what's your frustration there whoa so much (laughs) (laughs) your dad's a pro tora yeah so then we were like oh yeah that wouldn't communicate anything would it okay well hmm. and we like we got together as the young community and we really started thinking about like well what is what is it that we want to communicate and what is it that we're so frustrated about and we were able to come up with like this idea to do like a youth service where 
it was us communicating our frustration with the first gen in a way that like everyone could share. So like, rather than doing like a traditional church service uh, where we're like up on stage and we give a sermon, we decided that it would be like a much better way for everyone to com- connect as like a family to do like a circle. So we had, we took all the chairs in the church and we put them in a big circle and then we um, had everyone sit down together in this large circle so that everyone's kind of facing across from each other without really intentionally doing it on purpose. It kind of ended up like first gen on one side, second gen on the other side. No, and it was no, it was it was, no. it was the fun, that was the funniest thing. We we were sitting there, right? Because we got there earlier. Yeah, and then we were all, all the first gen are coming there. in, and then they just they just have the like the biggest like what the fuck? I do. They looked so mad when they saw this the chairs in the circle. They're like, "What the hell is this bullshit?" I do. None of them. They all seemed triggered instantly. Like not <laughs> not a single person was like, "Cool, let's do this." What is this? This seems exciting. They're like, "I came." For the service where all the chairs are facing the same way where I can sit in the back and fall asleep or be on my phone. And this is not what I can <laughs> Everyone can see me the whole time. There's no back. Like, a, like I think, I'm not going to say her name. Back. I'm not going to say her name, but uh, Joan I do. grabbed a chair back. and tried to sit outside of the circle. And we were like, nah, be, <laughs> get in the circle. <laughs> um, yeah, so then we started sharing and it... it, it quickly went from like sharing our feelings of like pain to, and frustration to getting to getting blamed to like oh, just an all-out fight like just people legit yelling and not yeah. first not second gen first gen legit yelling yeah i remember distinctly yelling at us mrs P- i do she was just she was just going at going to town and then at the end of that we were all kind of feeling like you know what F- i do you got <laughs> well i think i think one of the reasons why we did that was because uh i think you guys toya toya tetsia and them you guys were just happened to be there but yeah for sure we wanted but to we express y- you were in northern virginia so it's like you could visit yeah, yeah I, I understand but i'm Any, saying i'm saying we understood your frustrations well right we right with you but also they were frustrations that weren't like unique to our community yes yeah yeah right so like one, one of the reasons was we the second gen didn't feel appreciated enough because we were basically running sunday service every sunday oh uh, yeah that's right because that's right. the tech guy is second gen the mc was Jason, and then um you know the only person that wasn't that was on the sunday service team that wasn't a second gen was whoever was giving the, the sermon that day and then so we would spend our time you know not just on sunday but on like sometimes saturday night saturday to, night to help set up and get ready for the sunday service mm-hmm. and then it was we a noticed like job. yeah like we were volunteering our time and then everyone else would like not get there on time like most of like more than 70 percent of our attendees would come like Mad 10 late. 15 minutes late 30 minutes late yeah sometimes 30 minutes late consistently so we we're like why why couldn't you we just... tried all kinds of things we tried moving this right. later because like oh well if they always come late and then, so we moved the service later without telling anyone. And then people showed up on time and were mad that they were on time. They were like, why didn't you tell us you moved the service time? Like we were rushing to get here. I'm like, you didn't rush to get here. You're 30 minutes late. Like, that's why we changed the time. Cause you guys can never get here at 10. So we moved it to 11 and they're like, 
yeah, but like I want service to still end at the same. Basically, they communicated. I'm I'm late on purpose. <laughs> like, I want to be late, and by you ma- changing the time without letting me know, makes me on time, which makes me mad because I'm stuck here. I, and then if I leave, I have to leave early, and that's not cool. Like, you know, I just came for the food. What are you doing? <laughs> um. So yeah, that there was. I do. I do. Yeah. So that's that was like one of my experiences with right. Also, uh, the youth. We were all on time. Every last one of us, because we were running the service, all of us were there. The entire church, all the youth that could be represented were speak. in the building waiting for the first gen. It was either Taurus' dad or there was a guest speaker from the first gen. But every week, who would speak? It was a first gen or second gen? It was Taurus' dad. Taurus' dad was the pastor. But he was Mo- most always of the time speaking? It was, most of the time, it was uh, first gen or my dad. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. Hmm. But if you were speaking, they would always come on time. So, <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. If, oh, oh. So if the first gen were speaking, they would always come on time. I think. Oh, yeah. I vaguely yeah. remember something. Yeah, like, like that. the Parkers were always like mad late, like forty minutes. But then if they were speaking, they were there fifteen minutes early, and they Ooh, had the, all these things wow. they wanted to put into their service. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah dude they'd be like i want you to change the song list that you already have prepared i want these songs i'm like do you have those songs like no I'll just look them up on youtube yeah, download so them. stressful oh, i hate it that's, that's always thing. so stressful for the people that are and then we can't find the oh song that they want and they're like oh that's not it no i want a different version oh a different god remake i'm looking for the remix one i didn't realize it actually Oh. <laughs> I was I was in a band for a long time in 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 church, and we would like practice every Saturday for the song. So we would always have the songs ready, right? Right, right, yeah. For and sure, that's what you're supposed to do. That's something. Someone would come, and it would be this person, last minute person that would be like, "Yeah, no, I don't want to. I don't want you to play that song. I want you to play this other song because it's connected with my message, and that's great. You know, you're looking a song that is gonna make people connect. But why are you doing this? 15 minutes before the service starts like it's so stressful and like also the person that is always the the tech person is always like i remember like the tech person in my church like one time i saw like the kid his hands were shaking like because he was so stressed like the poor kid was like shaking like shaking wow because it's like the tech person is always the person that like everybody just it's like the bathroom area i don't know it's like <laughs> everybody just complains and it's angry and when something is not on time everybody goes look at that person and like it's just like <laughs> oh my god yeah oh my god and i've Before seen that like, in every church community that i've been to like it's always the same thing one time mm. i was like let's acknowledge taka ota Tor's little brother oh, acknowledge god. taka ota for being the the uh c- computer guy for so long you know voluntold and still doing a good job shows up every time a week you know he's here saturday nights young kid he could be doing playing video games and right hanging yeah. out with friends instead he's he was like here 12 preparing your church service like let's let's give some recognition let's go ahead and and, and donate <laughs> some money and i asked <laughs> everyone to give money and people were so mad like no he should sacrifice and he shouldn't get anything they were so mad they were why, so why are people i gave like assholes? twenty dollars revenota gave like 30 20 dollars torah gave something i think i don't remember and then like <laughs> basically like taka got like 50 dollars between my mom 
me and Reverend Ota, and that was it. And everyone else is just complaining and grumbling and being like, this is so inappropriate. This is the worst job because it's like- You should it's be like... a slave that gets ripped into action and only serves <laughs> two parents out of duty. You should get nothing from it but pain and suffering. It's like the worst job because it's like you're being kind of like a secretary. It's like you're not getting enough for what you're doing, but yes. also everybody feels feels entitled to like, oh no no, this is what this is your job. This is what you have to do. Like you have to do this. Like you're <laughs> serving me. You're working for mm-hmm. me. It's just it's just the worst. Oh it's my the God. life the life of a second gen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So then the circle ended with. Um, so and so crying. Uh, she was so angry. She was yelling oh. and crying. Not like connecting. It wasn't beautiful crying. It was like she was <laughs> so mad. Like, we were connecting and, and we're crying. You and know? She <laughs> might, what? And she like stood up and walked out and was so mad. And service was over and it was mad awkward and uncomfortable. And we got nothing from it except for more pain and frustration. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, we were, I was. I was. I remember distinctly. I was just like, man. Then first, gen, I was just like, well, so can you tell me why are second gen leaving the church? I just, I really want to know what is it that pushes them away from this community. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, ever I've heard my dad so on multiple occasions be on the phone and talk and say stuff like such awful stuff about the circle. He'd be like, they just wanted a really I do moan in this I do literally those words. Wow. And I was so shocked to hear him say because I guess he didn't know I was I was nearby or he just didn't give a fuck. I do. But he was talking to someone else and he was like, they wanted to do this. I've also heard my mom talk about the circle. It's like really ridiculous. Your own parents. They they bagged on you. They bagged on it so hard. But no, but they they indirectly directly bagged on you. I don't know if I was included directly in the the frustration, but they were just like, you know, they just literally, I heard my dad, I know, because multiple times when he was on the phone with different people, he said they just wanted to bitch and complain. The bit, he said, it wasn't, they wanted to complain, and I'm exaggerating by adding the bitch part. He said, Reverend said, the second gen wanted to bitch and complain. His words. Right. Anyway. So that's the kind of love and support that we often get met with as second gen if we want to go to our first gen and ask for support and explain why we need that support. I right. need support because I'm feeling overwhelmed, because I'm feeling unacknowledged, because that we're not getting the support from the first gen that we need, and then they tell us that we're bitching and complaining. Yeah, that's 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 very toxic. No one wants to be in that, right? There's no love in that. Uh... Yeah, that's very dysfunctional for sure. Yeah. What about you, I can't say that this is the first gen problem because, you know, Taurus' dad is first gen and he is lit as fuck. I do! Yeah, but like, okay, but that's an anomaly. You know what I mean? Taurus' dad has a very empathetic heart and and desire to to moderate and like bring bring peace, right? Uh, But anyway. Uh, I was gonna ask Chanu, what what's what have you noticed in your community, or what, what have you ever felt like you wanted to ever just dip because of something? Yeah, honestly, um, I've never had situations as dramatic as like the circle or like big conflicts <laughs> like that, where it just like ends on an awkward note. Um, like, cause like I'm from like the Clifton like community in New Jersey, so I would say it's like a big enough community that the people who are helping are there because they want to be there. So they're not like voluntold or anything. Mm-hmm. So um, 
yeah, so I guess like we don't have situations where it's like uh like there's resentment. Like the people who are volunteering genuinely, like they help way more than they have to and like they're doing it out of their own will. So um but that's that, I guess that's a luxury that comes with like having a big community. Um right. like me personally, um I guess but I can totally understand and I can totally envision like that kind of event happening between first and second gen because there definitely is that tension. Um like I would say like especially I guess to sort of attempt to kind of get a frame of mind for what the first gen are thinking, like I guess they entered the church with like the mindset of like because they went in like all the way. Like they invested, like they dropped everything and like just joined the movement, right? And I guess it's sort of inherently they have that sort of expectation for their children, which obviously is not um, like you can't expect that out of someone who's like still like, you know, growing up like through adolescence and everything like that. So, right. Yeah. Like because and I guess they kind of want to see that investment like mirrored in their children and like the second gen, which is, yeah, like it's it can't be like expected of like very easily. It's it's it, it like it is a big investment to kind of go to school and be part of like a thing that everyone calls a cult and like you know do things that are you know like faith like faith wise that other people are like kind of saying that's questionable or that's weird yeah. um so like i guess like that from the perspective of the first gen like i think that's where they're coming from it's like yeah like i suffered and i feel like you know for you to understand the suffering that i went through i want you to suffer too which is not you know that's not the way to go about it obviously but i think that's mm-hmm. i'm trying to like kind of frame where they might be coming from but no no we're not we're not saying we don't understand or no yeah yeah. right but yeah 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 if you had listened to the previous episodes of the podcast no (laughs) no and i wasn't saying you're not acknowledging i'm just i'm I'm just trying to you know no yeah no for sure for maybe the audience that's not that's not that hasn't heard that yeah people uh, like me who haven't listened to the previous one (laughs) (laughs) yeah no often uh yeah we we do understand that it's like the the they were excited to join the movement and it was like they were ready to bring upon world peace and sacrifice their lives even if it was if if that's what was needed of them to serve god and true parents to like bring about you know kingdom of heaven on earth because it was the the good news you know the messiah the second coming has returned and it's time to get to work and there's no time for your fragile feelings or you know being uh tired or anything like that it's time to get to work and so when the second gen come up and they're like yeah i don't feel very motivated or i'm not really interested or my friends inspired i'm not inspired my friends you know tell me that this is stupid or this more fun they're just met with like are you kidding me i was willing to sacrifice my life i i went weeks without eating not for fundraising not for a condition but because there was no food in the church center i did this and i did that and i suffered so much to bring about this and now you're supposed to carry the torch and you're not inspired and it's like mm-hmm. that's I, I totally get that energy of just saying like how dare you like we we work so hard to build this foundation and rather than standing on this foundation, you want to go, you know, you want to leave the church and go do random worthless stuff with your time. And it's just like, no, you need to be investing in the providence. So as much as yeah. I understand that, it's also deeply unattractive because mm. we never got recruited into the church like they did. We never. Right. Yeah. And, and there's no outlets for us to reach so. to, to, to do anything professionally like with our jobs through the church. Like if I, if I, if I'm, if I'm, I'm studying mechanical engineering, right? And if I want to, if I want to like work for the church, can't do that. The, 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 our church doesn't have a freaking company. 
or they can hire me and, and use me as an asset. We're waiting for like you, Toya, to make the company. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be wonderful, but no, but like, you know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no pipeline for us to even volunteer, even like work for our service or uh, get paid for our services or even offer our services in a way, I feel like. Yeah. Professionally. Yeah, I, I will say like, um, I mean, I guess going back to like the first second gen divide thing, like I just want to say real quickly, because like being a third gen, I did grow around like um, like certain okay. church communities that I was joined in. I would like, I do know like some other like third gen kids and it's interesting to see that dynamic because it's like, it's almost like a, a, like a vision into the future in that there are a lot of second gen parents that I know like that are similar to like my parents' age and they have like third gen kids. But like a lot of those second gen parents do carry that resentment a little bit, I think. And this is just my like perspective. Like I'm not like trying to insult them or anything, but it's just like, yeah, I do see some, some resentment towards like, oh, like when I was a kid, like I wasn't able to date. And that's something that like, I want my children, like, I don't want them to feel like that. Or like, you know, when I was a kid, like I couldn't do this or that. And I know how it feels. So I don't want my kids to feel that way. And like through that, you see a lot of third gen who, you know, if they stayed in the church, like it, they could be very powerful. Right. And they're, they're, you know, I mean, just as powerful as second gen, like it's not like they're better or anything, but like, yeah, I feel like they do have second gen parents that have that feeling that a lot of second gen today, like our age or so, um, like they understand like the resentment that's there. And then you can kind of see that reflected in their children. And I feel like, yeah, if, the, if, if, if ends aren't met somehow, then um, like that'll just be, you know, more of a common situation. Which shouldn't be happening in the first place, mind you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I also feel like a lot of, like, I feel like sometimes people have a lot of resentment, like second gen towards first gen. And I feel like a lot of that resentment can be healed if you heal your relationship with your parents. So I feel like the better, mm -hmm. the better your relationship with your parents, your parents is, the easier for you is to relate with first gens or leaders or stuff. Um, I feel like before when I was younger, I had a lot of resentment. I had a lot of like anger and I just like, ah, and then I feel like once I started like trying to like heal my relationship with my mom, which is my trouble relationship when it comes to parents, mm -hmm. um, I feel like my relationship with first gen changed, not because of they changed, but it's because my perspective changed mm -hmm. and I became more empathetic, more understanding, more loving because I also, it's really dangerous sometimes that like we can become the things that we hate, you know? It's yeah, like, sure. you, if you hate a lot of like something, you need to be careful because it's like, yeah, but you're kind of being the same, but just on the other side. So <laughs> I felt like my resentment towards the first gen wasn't fixing anything, you know? Like I was just being angry and just resentful and just like, it wasn't changing anything, you know? But like once I could like, heal my relationship with my mom and like work on myself then like my perspective change and then like i don't know everything just looks completely different when, once your perspective changes i feel like um so i feel like i understand a lot of the pain of like second generation like because i'm a second gen but also i also understand a lot of the pain of the first gen you know like feeling like imagine just like being your life is almost over, like you're 80 or 70 or whatever. And then you gave your life towards something, you know, mm -hmm. like you bet everything that you had on something. And then like at the end, you feel like it's not really working. Like your children, some of your children are leaving the church. The thing that you like believe so much in or like 
things are not turning like the way that you wanted it to be you know but it's also like the end of your life and also the feeling of like they cannot go back and change what they did you know it's like maybe now they understand like oh i screwed up raising my children because i did this now they have this thing and now they're leaving the church but also i cannot go back in time and like fix it but also my children don't want to talk to us but also Mm. or also like i didn't they didn't have the opportunity to grow um in a way that allows them to see things right like you know it's like i feel like a lot of times adult people are like children like they just didn't <laughs> grow up in some aspect of their life For um sure. you know obviously like what you guys were talking about like the circle and like you know people screaming and like whatever it's like obviously this is just like a bunch of kids having a tantrum you know, it's like they're crying, they're screaming, they're whatever. It's like, clearly, this is not like an emotional, intelligent person that can like express how they feel in a way mm-hmm. that can be heard. It's like none of that, you know, right. but also it's like when you're a kid and you're having a tantrum, there's like this frustration of like, I have so many feelings, so many things, but I don't know how to express it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like sometimes when adults are arguing and having those type of things and like screaming and stuff like that it's like the same thing it's like they have so much so many feelings they just don't know how to express it in a way that is right and they everything you say they take it personal so it's like you can say like i feel misunderstood in the church community and then they they hear like that they're stupid or something are you saying they're not (laughs) stupid and it's like nobody wants to feel like they're stupid or I don't know, you can say anything and people can hear like something completely different that you're not saying. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So yeah. if you put that ingredient with a person that doesn't know how to express their feelings, with a person that has a lot of anger, a lot of resentment, a lot of guilt, a lot of a lot, it's just like, it's a bomb. It's just yeah, a bomb. Yeah, for sure, yeah. We, we all understand that. Yeah. Thank you. But <clears throat> yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely problems on both sides, for sure. And it's definitely going to be a... a it's not an easy bridge to to mend, but yeah. mm. I, I see good people on both sides, you know. <laughs> I mean, everyone's everyone's relationship with their parents is unique and, and intricate in their own ways and has their own complexities. So, it's not it, some people have sh- more, struggle more uh, on one side than the other, uh, whether it be on the parents or the kids. But yeah, hmm, it's just frustrating that we all have to suffer like this. Like we shouldn't, we shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's crazy though. The, I, I, you know. Wait, wait, I wanna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard this quote the other day. I was like, yo, that's so cool. It said, like, suffering is not knowing how simple life can be. I don't know. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, in Buddhism, they say su- life is just suffering, right? And you just have to, and suffering comes from attachment. So you must detach, right? I mean, sometimes, Sim- similar. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, to me, that quote makes sense. Like, sometimes I'm thinking, like, dude, what am I doing? Like, I'm going to school for, like, four years, like, studying my butt off, and then just, just to do, like, a nine-to-five for the rest of my life, like, that's not what I want to do. Like, and it's not like that's what I even find meaning in. It's just, like, I got to do that just to stay alive and make money. So it's like, yeah, sometimes I do think about that. It's like, dude, if my life was just in a farm the rest of my life, you know, maybe that's not so bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I would say take a gap year, go work on a farm, 
uh, and then come back and I'll and then I'll, I'll change my mind. And then do a do a what do you call it? Uh, internship at a like a law firm or something. You know, like where you're in an office all day and see which one you like more. Because there are definitely people who are like they're gonna work on the farm and like yeah I could do this easy. I love this. Mm-hmm. This is great. And other people who are like no get me get me behind a desk. I just want to sit in an air conditioned environment and type. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Answer the phone. <laughs> uh, right. that, yeah Move- yeah. Well, what I was going to say before uh, yes, yes, I got yes, Sorry. Uh, appropriately interrupted uh, as I talk a lot. <laughs> so, uh, David, you said um, you are third gen, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, that's interesting because the rest of us old people here are second gen. Our <laughs> <laughs> ancient, ancient uh, bones here. <laughs> and I was just like, huh, I wonder what your perspective is because for you, the second gen are kind of our first gen <laughs> yeah i guess so yeah you're right because you're you're on the you're on the second wave of of yeah you have second gen parents so for you those are like the old people yeah um so i'm just like wondering like what do you feel like are the old people's problems and how they are contributing to the problems of the church so like when, when you say old people like like my old people or yeah, uh, your, your old people your old people it's like my second your parents, gen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second gen who you feel like are now taking leadership positions and stuff like stuff like that that are like have these weird perspectives and things that you feel like they're not connecting with you on. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I never really thought about it as like that because I did grow up like I grew up around second gen. So mm. um, yeah, like there weren't many other third gen. So it was like I never thought. And my parents, I almost. I kind of just grouped them both in the first gen group because, like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like they act mostly into that same bubble. So, well, that's all they knew. They didn't have like other second gens right with them when they were growing up. So. Not that they did. Uh, it was just a lot smaller. They yeah. Group run. yeah. But I'm saying their exposure, their their exposure was more to first gen. Yeah, um, my parents are they're young, like lower mid forties. Mid forties. Hmm. Well, my parents are in their seventies, so I'm just like I don't know. <laughs> yeah I but i mean i don't know i would i would say um first gen or not. yeah i would say i, I kind of grouped them into the same category i guess just because yeah i don't know maybe i just didn't put much thought into it but um yeah but it i would say as a third gen it's interesting in that they are in my mind it's kind of like oh they're just like first gen like older members right but um but like when i talk to them like i can ask them questions like when i'm i can ask them questions as if they're second gen, like I can ask them like, Hey, growing up in the church, like, cause they, it's very different. Like the first, first, second gen dynamic, like first is like you voluntarily enter the church or a second gen, you inherit everything. And you have to like, it's, it's, it's your choice whether or not you have to like shoulder that huge responsibility. So I can ask them like, and, and obviously there are two people that like were able to shoulder it eventually. So mm-hmm. I can ask them like, you know, how would you overcome this? Or like when you're growing up, like, did you have trouble with like dating or like purity or, like um like yeah how hard was it for you to like find ways to like volunteer and things like that and like so they've been able to go through these difficulties and i can like have like a one way like a like it's like a one conversation away from like having all that insight so i would say that's a huge difference and Mm -hmm. like i would say if i like i think my personally i think my value is that i can kind of share that with others uh like the second gen like that kind of insight that's really nice Wow. Yeah, I wish my parents could understand what I was going through. 
it's like you know when i i talk to them they're just like well the divine principle says and it's just like oh wow i feel so understood and so connected yeah that's with right now that's so boomer that's such <laughs> boomer talk yeah <laughs> Like you know, what expression is that boomer talk? No, because they 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 grew they were born in the baby boomer generation. That's why. I know this is so funny. That's so boomer talk. Yeah, but like as if you're a first a second gen parents, then you can ask them like, you know, did you struggle? Did you want to date when you were growing up? Where yeah. my parents were like. I did date growing up. I just, and that's why I know you shouldn't do it because I had my heart broken so many times. Aww. Both of my parents were married before the church. They both, both had kids my before parents. the church. What? Wait, yeah, but don't you have third gen cousins too? Me? Me? Yeah, Chanu, oh. Chanu. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's oh, an yeah. interesting dynamic too. Um, yeah, having cousins that are in the church, it's very, it's, uh, I, I would say another big thing is that um, a lot of second gen, maybe they feel like, I mean, sometimes even their nuclear family is very separated. Like they don't, their relationship mm-hmm. with their parents is not good, like due to language barrier or just like they're always traveling, mm-hmm. things like that. So like, like in their minds, it's like, forget the extended family. Like there's no way I'm going to ever reconcile with them because like they live in like Japan or Korea or maybe like, you know, they're, they're resenting their children for like leaving them and joining the church, things like right. that. So like, it's really interesting to have that extended family where it's like, oh, like they, I can talk to them about church things and like. So I guess I got a very like idealized kind of um, version of the church, which makes it easy for me to like advocate for it because I got a, you know, I got a very, I was very blessed to like have like a situation where I feel like it was closer to ideal than what most people in the church get. So it's mm. very easy for me to explain like, oh, like this is totally what I like, I well, what I want to be a part of for the rest of my life. Whereas right. other families are like, oh, like my parents argue every day, like they're yeah, on the verge yeah, of yeah. divorce, like. I don't want this to be something that I want to be a part of, you know? Mm, so yeah. I think it's tough in that way. Yeah, I relate with you a lot because I also feel like I had, I was really lucky, you know, for in comparison with most second gen, like my parents were like relatively very good. And like, just, I had church community and just like, I had a lot of like people around me that were like, I just had a good experience for the most part. Um, mm. So yeah, like if you have a different, I don't know might be really hard yeah but going back to the main question i think uh for me um the one thing that was like that made me want to leave would have been like just being so alone like in a in a isolated pocket like i was only like because i I knew what a like a how big how nice having a big community was because i used to live in uts and uh, when i went to elementary school like like at least 25 percent of my classmates were a bc or something and I'd go to church and there's this huge like group of second gen and stuff. And then we moved to Norfolk, Virginia. And we're, I was just like, wow, there's, there's no one in my school besides my siblings. That's obviously the church I go to is super small. And uh, yeah, if I can't get along with them, then I'm, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what sucks about a small community. You can't really no, pick. Yeah, but like, but that's the thing. It's like, just like, like, there's such a disparity between large and small communities and then there's no like like equal equally divided resources which is unfair and i think i think and then just realizing that and understanding that it was just like yeah this is this is flawed this is super super dumb like how am i how am i supposed to uh immerse myself in this in this ideology and community when all i have 
our people from the secular world to um to connect with and it was, it was that was really frustrating to navigate try to navigate yeah that's what i found happen with a member who is in virginia um he was very faithful and in the community um i would you know he, he came to church every sunday um but i was kind of my i was kind of his like connection to the church um because i was like i was he was my age and he just had a harder time connecting with the other bcs for whatever reason and so like i was kind of his bridge to the community um and i would make sure i check up up on him when he was he was in college he came to virginia to do college and um i was also his transportation to and from church and church activities like youth group movie night you know friends hang out uh Mm -hmm. service so Mm -hmm. when i moved to the dominican republic um when i came back like a year later um he had changed so much because he had lost that connection to the community like you're saying like you felt like well i don't have any friends now and so but i have all these friends in my my college community here and they all think that i'm a weirdo because i don't i don't smoke marijuana i don't drink alcohol i don't you know talk about girls i don't date i don't i don't do any of the things that most of the boys my age are doing except for like maybe play video games but even the video games i play are different because you know a lot of church members are into things like league of legends and all his friends are like into <laughs> madden you know 20 20 20 million or whatever and so he's <laughs> just like i don't i don't know how i don't know how to connect with him i can't even play video games with him because i'm used to things like smash brothers and right because that's like church church community kind of culture and he, these guys are you know <laughs> want to play nba and and uh yeah so he was just he felt so isolated and so he started connecting with those communities and he was like you know slowly but surely he became one of them and i remember when i saw him he was so uncomfortable being his new self around me uh like two more years later into that because i went back to the dominican republic again and when Mm -hmm. i came back he had a girlfriend but he was really uncomfortable to tell me like I went to his uh, apartment and I was like, huh, you got a lot of women's clothing in your closet. And he's like, <laughs> uh, it's my roommate. And I was like, your roommate has, is a girl. And he's like, uh, huh. I'm like, there's only one bed in this apartment. It's not even, a, <laughs> there's not even a couch. And I like looked, I'm like, there's no futon. There's no, there's no mattress. Like, <laughs> do you guys sleep in the same bed? And he's like, yeah, but it's, it's not like, it's nothing. It's just, we just share the same, but it's just, <laughs> there's lipstick on your I was neck. just like, <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> nothing. Yet. Oh, there's, so, yeah. There's I know, here. Yeah. It's just like, I was just like, mm, I'm not, you know, I'm not an idiot, right? Like, <laughs> anyway, uh, but he just didn't want to tell me that for some reason, like, yeah, this is me and my girlfriend live here and she's just not here right now. Like, he just, he just didn't want to say it. Um, yeah, anyway, so it was just like, okay, and then we we went, he was babysitting someone's dog, and we went to this apartment to go take care of the dog, and there were some other people there, um, and his brother was there, and they were definitely smoking marijuana, like there was... They were all high. Yeah, there's like marijuana on the table, they're all high, and they're like, oh, hey, Ty, hey, friend, and then, uh, don't worry, I'll just bleep out his name in post, <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> 
the they're like you know kind of asking like you want to get down with us we're playing madden and smoking weed and he's like uh no uh let me just get the dog and get out of here and i could tell based on the culture of this this little room here of these people i was like yeah you definitely they are very confused by your lack of desire to participate in what you would normally do um and we left and it was just so weird of seeing him like trying to pretend to be who he used to be when he clearly wasn't that person anymore and my point is what i'm getting to is i feel like yeah human beings we really really need social approval we we are social yeah. animals we right that's how we feel accepted and loved by a community yeah it's just it's how we survive you know if you mm-hmm. are not liked by your community you get kicked out of the community you get eaten by the saber-toothed tiger right <laughs> so you need to to be accepted and so like he just couldn't help it and also just in mm-hmm. general he's like a people pleaser and a very social butterfly kind of guy who just thrives on you know the love and acceptance of his community so while he had a strong connection to his church community he was fine but as soon as he was disconnected he just he just couldn't connect to the value anymore and just left. And now he's like hardcore out of the church, very resentful, very angry. And like, yeah, he he just won't talk to me. And like, because he's so afraid that if he connects with me that I'm going to judge him or be mad at him and stuff. And I was just like, no, like when I met his girlfriend, finally, I was like, yeah, this lady's awesome. You know, she, she, she brought up marriage and kids and stuff. And I was like, fantastic. Perfect. Hmm. That's such a shame, though, that he's so afraid to to connect. You know what I mean? That's what I hate so much. When people leave the church and then they assume that because they left the church that I'm not going to want to be their friend anymore. And it's just like, you know I have friends, right? I have normal friends, like people who just are not not members. (laughs) Like, I I don't care (laughs) if you leave the church. You know know that, right? Like, and it's like, no, you're judging me because you don't do this and I do. And it's like, I really don't care. I, I so don't care. Like, I just, I want to be a part of your life. I want to hang out with you. I want to talk to you. I want to do stuff together. Um, well, I think they feel that way because it's happened before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, via their parents or something. Yeah. No, I'm sure that there's, like, other people in their life. But I just, it's just, I can't say that, sorry. I know that there's other people in their life who I'm sure absolutely judge them, their parents, you know, adamantly against them dating outside of the church and stuff like that. I'm sure. So I'm sure they've hit that opposition and just kind of feel slash assume that it's going to be the same from other second gen. Well, well, they're just protecting themselves from getting more hurt, right? It's a normal reaction. Yeah, it's really sad. I feel like a lot of people that I grew up with that have left the church, which are like basically most people. (laughs) Um. I feel like that. I feel like I, I don't have friends in the church anymore because of the people that I grew up with. Because like, they feel like so judged by nothing. Like by mm. me just existing, they feel judged by it. Wow. Um, yeah, that's that's honestly how I feel. Like it's like I I don't do anything. I don't say anything. Like mm. I and they and they feel so judged, and then they kind of like kind of slowly like the friendship just grows apart because it's mm. like they just don't want to hang out with you because you're like in the church. Um, so I honestly feel like I said, tw- like I'm 25. So I, at my age, I feel like very like lonely in the church because like, I feel like there's so little mm. people that are like my age that are in the church. So it's either people yes. that are older than me that have kids and that are like in another stage or people that are like younger, but there's nobody that is <laughs> like, like me. Right. It's really weird. That's yeah, true. Like even among my church friends now, they're 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 on a wide spectrum of, yeah, I'm pretty churchy, or 
yeah, I'm just gonna get the blessing and dip, or they're just like, yeah, I smoke weed and I and I. I do. Bitches. I do. Like. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> no, that's 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 just how they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and they want yeah. like nothing to do with the church, and it's such a shame. And it's like, oh God, man. I, yeah. I feel like a unicorn. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I feel like that too. Also, like, yeah, it's really strange. All right, uh, but but so let's flip the question on our on the wait hand. wait wait. Tor, Tor wants to has to say something. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah, so sorry. Yeah. Did you want to say something? I didn't mean to. Our conversational unicorn wants to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one one thing that I that helped me growing up in a church or in a small community is having siblings, like having siblings that are always there, and mm-hmm. just being having them to. Uh, having someone to relate to when you don't have a lot of other people in the community really helped. And I think in the future, we should all have lots of kids. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say like to piggyback off that. Um, I was, I was just about to say like, like totally, I think community, the, like the value of it is certainly there. And I recognize it because I've, it has, um, you know, been there for me in like a lot of situations where, you know, I, sometimes I don't want to talk, go to my family for help, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of people like feel that way when they have discomfort towards their parents or like even their siblings. Right. Um, but I guess I think what I see a lot of today that maybe this is like a controversial opinion, maybe not, but I would say um, a lot of people, they kind of, the community is like the primary reason they're in the church. Right. And I think oh, that's, yeah. yeah. And I think that's um, not ideal. Uh, yeah. It's like totally <laughs> understandable, right? Because sometimes you can't relate to, you can relate to someone that's your age way more than like your parents, right? For but sure, I think, 100%. I think it's like a, it's, it, it's like, it's like a bandaid to like a solution that needs like something way more, right? Mm. Um, like, because for me, like the, your family, you know, ideally, some families are really bad, but in most cases, like your family's going to love you way more than um, your friends will. And your friends and your, your, your parents will love you no matter, or they should love you no matter what, um, you know, what your opinions are or, or, you know, what path you choose to go down. Right. Whereas friends will leave you at like the drop of a dime if like something happens. Yeah. Right. Even the best friends sometimes leave you. Um, so it's like, you know, when you, when you have those situations where like you are going through difficulty and like you're with your community and no one accepts you, you know, uh, like at least for me, like having my family to fall back on, um, you know, cause they will listen to me and you're like, no matter what like stupidity I go through. Right. And they will always love me. Like my mom will always be my mom. My dad will always be there for me. And and, and but at the same time, like, I don't disvalue, I don't discount the value of community. And I think, like, as, at least for me, as I continue and grow older, I think the most I want to help is creating that community for people that, you know, because some people, you know, some people need it more than others. Some people have families that, like, they could totally, like, they're chill with just being with their family the rest of their life. Like, I love them so much. I don't need any friends, even. And there are right. people that are completely opposite. They're like, yo, I, I this church, like, the church is 100% community for me. And I don't uh, resonate with my family that much. So I think, you know, the community needs to be there, but I think I see, at least for me, um, I think I, I, ideally I would, I want to see less of a, a dependence on like that community and like, mm-hmm. you know, more of a dependence on the family. Cause I think that's what's, uh, you know, what's going to help keep people in the church you know, more consistently. Right. There needs to be yeah. more, more thought and education. What's the name of our movement? Family Federation. Oh, it's a family. Oh, that's interesting. I thought it was like the church community federation <laughs> that's so we oh yeah it is it's family federation huh it's a good point <clears throat> all right so let's uh let's flip the question instead of what what made you want to leave what then uh 
What made you want to cling on to the church? Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, your For mom. me, wow. it was... Wait, what? Not you, Toya. Tora's mom. <laughs> Tora's mom? Yeah. Specifically his, his mom? And Tora, oh. and his sister, and his little brother. Tora's family. Hundred percent. Oh man, me too. (laughs) (laughs) For me, I'd say it's my dad. Your dad? Ultimately, yeah. Mm. My dad is like, he's. I always joke with with my dad saying that like, we need to see like true father can like sit next to my dad. It's just Mm -hmm. something I say like for like he's just so amazing and so loving and faithful and like he's a person that he he taught me like true love without speaking without a sermon like he just embodied that so i feel like if it wasn't for him there's no way there's no no way way i would have stayed in the church (laughs) (laughs) i I totally relate with that too Uh, like for me it's my parents and i think one thing that maybe maybe a lot of first gen don't get, I don't know, that's maybe controversial to say too, but, um, <laughs> this is all about controversy. Get it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about hot takes, baby. Hot takes. <laughs> like, um, yeah, like ultimately, like even growing up, like I was kind of, uh, convinced into thinking, uh, wrongly that, you know, divine principle is so self-evidently true that I could just explain it to someone and just read it to them. And they'll be like, Oh yeah, I'll join you guys. Like that makes sense. <laughs> and like, that was something like I naively thought growing up, but you know, obviously, it's called faith for a reason. It's not like, it's not backed by science. It's not something that I can like touch or like mm. immediately. And especially because it's not the same for everyone. Everyone's reason for having their faith is different. So it's not like I can read you a textbook. Even something like the VP that we say is like so central to our faith, right? It's not mm-hmm. like I can just read you it and you'll be like conver- converted magically. I think yeah. <laughs> ultimately I have to like, uh, the biggest mission for, at least in terms of witnessing, I feel is making people feel that this is what they want. And like, understand in their heart like something that they don't have to explain to themselves or like logically like oh okay that connects with that and like that's why this is true it's Mm -hmm. like growing up like i just felt love for my parents and i knew like as i got became an adult like this is what i want to be a part of for the rest of my life and it's not because Mm -hmm. i like you know logically found reached that answer or i you know and it's not necessarily like from divine principle like there's still some parts i don't understand like Mm -hmm. there's still some parts that like i'm like i don't know about that one but like it's not like i'm the, the root cause is not because I have like a logical, pure faith in like, like, oh, everything makes sense logically and scientifically. And like, that's why I'm here. And for some people it is like, that's why they stay in the church. But for me, I think the biggest way to do it, like for, for like Awa and like for a lot of people is like, you have to feel ultimately that you're loved and you're wanted. And that's what keeps you in. Hmm. Yeah. I see. You're really like, how old are you? <laughs> um, no, China is just well spoken. Okay, Why you look I'm... much younger. I was gonna say like you're really mature for a teenager. Okay, you're 21. It's fine. Thanks, I appreciate it. I don't know. I think for me, um, what kept me in is just uh, I always, I always, I always knew that I didn't want to live like a secular life. But what really kept me in was was tr- like. Um, putting in my own effort to find my faith right, and develop it myself. I think uh, going to STF was very invaluable experience and <clears throat> like doing, doing uh mission, going fundraising, do, uh, doing witnessing and 
uh, experiencing God firsthand was what really solidified me wanting to stay here. Because I feel like going do, by doing that, I understood my mission and I, I understood what my purpose is. So, yeah. STF. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's go. Everyone go to STF. Laura. Me? Yeah, he said his mom and his dad. Yeah, but like, <laughs> why? But then, like, Chanan came in and was like, here's why. Bam. <laughs> Facts. Explanation. Uh, well, I just, it's more so of like what right. Toya said. It's just, I didn't want to live that secular life because out there is like not something I want to be a part of. Uh, like, I, I see it every day with my parents and my family. Like, this is what I want my future family to look like, how mm. I want my future family to interact. And uh, and the community also is just valuable to me. And, uh, yeah, just the teachings make sense. And I I start to feel feel the feel the teachings. Um, I'm not sure how to explain it, but it's just it just feels right. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of a guy who likes to go on feelings, and yeah. Um, <laughs> but but mostly because I see so much potential and. This is this is definitely something that world peace can be achieved with, not not any not anything else out there in the world could even compare to what we're teaching in our movement. So, uh, so that's what I love about it. That's what kept me in. Nice, nice. What about you, Toya? I already said it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, said, he said SDF. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a short answer, man. What, SDF uh, is the way, though. For me, specifically, what it was about uh, Torah's parents, it was their. <clears throat> they were so consistent. They're such a consistent family. Like, their love is so consistent and so real. Like, they said, You're welcome to come over anytime. And I would come over at any time, and I was always welcome. It wasn't like, <laughs> You're welcome to come over anytime. And you show up, and they're like, What are you doing here? <laughs> like I've had, I went one time. I went to uh, Virginia, and I went to visit my my cousins. So I show up at my uncle, uncle and aunt's house, and I'm like, "Hey, what's up?" And my uncle opens the door, and he's like, "What are you doing here?" I was just like, "I just thought I'd stop by and say whatever and hang out, you know, break some bread." And they were just like, "Yeah, we're not having guests right now." And he just closed the door. It's like I drove from Virginia. I didn't obviously drive from Virginia to see him, but I was just like, "I should stop by and I'm around." And, mm -hmm. like, he didn't even let me inside the house to, like, say hi. He was just like, we're not having guests right now. I'll close the door. I was wow. just like. What a butthole. Oh. Yeah, like that. And that's, like, my blood, right? Right. And meanwhile, Taurus family, I show up, like, I don't know, 12 o'clock at night for some random ass reason. And Reverend Norto's like, oh, hey, Justin, what's up? And, like, just steps out of the way to let me in. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing here? It's 12 o'clock at night. He's like, hey, Justin, come on in. Like. You, you must need something. Come on in. And like sits down at the kitchen table and he's like, everyone's asleep. I was just getting a snack. How's it going? And <laughs> just, just talk to him like, oh, well, you know, I had this and that. And he's just there and listening and like mm. present. So like they were such a model of consistent and persistent love of like what they said was real. And they never <clears throat> said anything they didn't mean. Mm -hmm. 
um, which was tough at times. Like it, it definitely took some adjusting because sometimes like, hey, Tora, do you want to go to see a movie? And you'd be like, no, because <laughs> they were very honest people. <laughs> right. So like, but because I could trust because of that honesty, I could trust when they said like, yeah, you're a part oh. of this family that I was a part of that family. Mm. So they say yes to the movies because they really want it. Yeah, they were like <laughs> the more the more Caucasian cultures. We'd be like, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. Oh, what what's the when's the movie? Oh no, I'm gonna be busy. Oh darn. Oh, there's another showing. Um, I just remembered I broke my leg. Yeah, just now. Oh no. Whoops. Looks like I'm gonna have to go to the hospital. That's gonna take a while. Maybe next week. And it's like, yeah, that's nicer. I guess, but I, I hate that phony stuff. So it's just like his family and, you know, Rivenocha, even though he was very much like a really down to earth, very chill guy, he still also was able to throw out divine principle stuff every once in a while, but in a way that didn't seem disconnected. Like he totally felt like connected to it. And because I saw him live that in his life, like, cause I also worked with him for a while. I was like, uh, he was a, like, painter kind of thing and i did that with him and i could see that like he he never stopped being revenota there was he wasn't wearing a mask of i'm a pastor or i'm a father or i'm a he was just this is just who he was um where in my family it was it was not like that everyone had on multiple masks um and people were very inauthentic and there was lots there was like no love there was just no love no understanding no no compassion um and so just this like constant source of pure love i was like if this is if this is what you guys say god is like then i'm down i i <laughs> am a believer like you know god is like the wind in the trees and the sun it's you can guarantee that it's going to be there tomorrow in the exact same way it was here today and i was like okay i want that i want to build that i want that in my life i want that in my family and if if Revenocha says that he got it through the church then i'd be a fool to abandon the church hmm uh-huh. yeah you said you said that like it was consistent and oh yeah yeah that's also something like i can relate with that because also like that's also what i saw like in my dad a lot is that, like he was the embodiment of everything he believed in you know like a right. lot of people sometimes they talk about true love or living for the sake of others or faith but it's very like up here you know it's like something they say a lot not necessarily something that they live a lot you know so i feel like my dad he was some somebody that was like he lived he didn't speak a lot but he didn't need to you know and also mm-hmm. like he was very consistent mm-hmm. so like um yeah like and i feel like kind of like that's kind of like i feel like it's most important about love it's not necessarily like the big things that you do it's just like something small that is consistent you know right um and also, I've never felt like for my dad, like the church was more important, like the titles or the faith or the events. Like, I felt <laughs> like for him, like me and of course, his family and, and my my family was the most important. And that's also something that I feel like a lot of first gen get it twisted, that like they feel like, oh, yeah, yeah, like family is really important. But with their actions, they communicate that, like, the church, the event, the Sunday service, the hundoke, the whatever, is more important than their kids or their family. And I feel like it's like, no, like, your family should always be the center of everything in your life. Like, right. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because that's truly what God, where God is. Yeah. But that's not, but that's funny. You, you say that, you say that, but that's like, that's not how I feel about this movement at all. This movement just treats us like garbage. Exactly. I think feel like people, what we've been, our parents have been told, or the, sorry, the third, the first generation, because you know, we've got third gen here. I can't just say our parents. The, <laughs> the first generation, I feel like a lot, they, they were told like sacrifice is the ultimate thing you can do of love for God. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you need to sacrifice for the providence. But what they didn't realize is that the providence was their families. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when they were sacrificing, when they should have been sacrificing for the providence, AKA their families, right. They were sacrificing for the providence, like the church, like the, the foundation, the movement rather than investing in their family. So it's like, Oh, I could take this job in Alaska that would make us a bunch of money, mm-hmm. but my family's very happy here. Okay. I'm going to sacrifice for my family and stay in this community. Not, Oh, uh, well, you know, this job in, in, you know, in, in Alaska, it means I would be able to, to tithe more. I could tithe 30% of way more money. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm going to sacrifice for the, for the, for the movement and move my family up to Alaska for fishing Providence or something like that. And it's like, okay, well that's doesn't, that's not, yeah. You're I doing mean, the thing, but the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing, um, on to piggyback off that too because one thing my dad told me um it's not his original quote but i I know he got it from someone else but he kind (laughs) of said like the job of first gen is to tear the was to tear the world down in other words like just disrupt and you know announce to the world like hey we have the messiah we're here and you know that's why they did like very crazy things like you know fight communism like teeth and bone and like things like that um you just just be disruptive and like tear the world down like not obviously in a physical way but kind of just like um like an ideological way and then the job of the second gen (laughs) that's true and then the job of the second gen is to like build the world back up so kind of once we've established our foundation as our church we know set families that can really set the condition and um like set good examples for you know what we really believe in and like Mm. the mission that that mission is from second first second gen is extremely different like literally the exact yeah it's a hard hard transition that's true but yeah but then but going back to to like uh ideology and our our theology no more going back to theology i feel like we all understand where the providence of restoration is right it's the age of settlement but i feel like people don't understand like truly understand what that means and like how to implement it and how to practically um come to fruition about it like hmm I feel like everyone has it twisted, but yeah, engineering used to talk about this, like the 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 generations being like the stages of a rocket, mm-hmm. and that like you know the the way that we did it in the beginning is with a lot of power and really loud and super wasteful, and then you know that gets us up to the strat to the upper atmosphere, but then that is to drop away and we change to a new strategy. Because if, if we just tried to keep doing the same strategy of these massive fuel tanks with solid state fuel burning, you know, as fast and as hard as we can to get up to the next, it would, it's, it's not, it's literally not possible. Like you can't have that much fuel stacked up. You can't have four or five tiers or three tiers of solid state fuel. It's just too heavy to the point that it's weighing you down rather than, than giving you the ability to fly up. Right. Your, thr- your thrust is less than your weight, the weight. Totally. Yeah, there's just too much weight to lift up. And and so it's like for us to continue to try to do the old ways, um, as the, a lot of the first gen are convinced, is the right way to do it. 
it's mm-hmm. like slowing us down rather than speeding us up. It's too heavy. It's too right. clunky. It's it's great when you're stuck on Earth and you know you can't break away from that gravity. But once you're like up into the higher stratosphere and whatnot, you don't need the same thing. It's a totally different approach. Right. And I feel like this is this is where they they get they're wrong. They, they don't understand right by like they have to be able to communicate with second gen right understand where they're coming from and then be able to do large scale events that uh are that second gen want to participate in not forcefully voluntold and the only pe- the like right now with the peace road thing right there's only like what maybe five or six second gen that are traveling across the country that that's not indicative of, of second gen as a whole that's just a very small minority per small percentage of really outgoing faithful uh young people like the majority of us we j- we're chill we're chilling we don't give a shit. I do. like we don't we don't give we, we don't care about peace road and we're only coming out because our parents told us to and we and for the possibility of maybe free food or something like that and that's just sad like it just sh- it just shows a lack of um understanding on both on on one side and um failure to understand our needs i also feel like the church here in america is super okay (laughs) i feel like it's like it's like that everywhere though yeah but i feel like here is a little bit fanatic so i feel like all the members i meet in america are like either a little too much on this side like they're too like lord praise jesus like they're they don't say jesus you know but it's like true mother and true mother and true mother or they're like i don't care so <laughs> i feel like every person that is like really on a leadership position it's like they're all like super like uh, which i don't think is bad mm-hmm. i just think it's odd that it's like mm. i don't know no, no, I feel all, the, I feel all, all the people, all the people in the middle, they just get, they just do their own thing. You know what I mean? No, I, I, guess. I think, I think part of it is not just necessarily their own thing, but I would say, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm a self-proclaimed person. That's I'm somewhere in the middle. Right. So <laughs> I guess what I see is that um, the only people in leadership are those outgoing, super outgoing, like, you know, like, let's get this. Like we got this guys, like, you know, faith, hundred percent foundation of faith, like, sacrifice till you like you know everything right like like stuff like that and then like everyone else who's in the middle is kind of like oh like if i want to stay here i gotta be like that well i'm not like that so (laughs) i'm out of here you know exactly that's like exactly what i feel yeah so like i think there has to and it's not necessarily that the people in the middle are less faithful they just don't express Mm -hmm. it in that outgoing way right Mm -hmm. so like people that are in in a circle yeah, people that are in the middle should, you know, they should have leadership positions too. And they, so that you can show people who are introverted or people that aren't as outspoken can be in, you know, powerful leaders. And, and, and I guess in a way, mother is like that. She isn't like an out, super outgoing person. She doesn't show much expression, but she's yeah. still in that position of power and, you know, respect. So, but yeah, I agree with yeah. you on that. Hmm. No. <laughs> but then that's also the thing. The, the people and leaders are people who are, who, 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 are way above they're still first gen they don't get they don't they don't know what we go through they don't give a shit. i do they don't give a they also i feel i feel like sometimes those people having too many people like that can be really hard because you need people that are relatable sometimes you know <laughs> yes like, yeah for sure all the time like joy jesus true mother and whatever and he's like it just it's like 
I don't know, for me, I feel like very hard for me to relate because like I'm not either way. I'm like, you know, I'm not like super this side, but I'm not either like, oh, I don't care, whatever. So it's kind of like, it's hard to connect for me. Like Sunday <laughs> service, I struggle a lot because I just feel like if you read the comments, like every comment, I'm just like, it makes me feel like, wow, like these people are really faithful. Maybe like there's something wrong with me. Like everybody's <laughs> like, yeah, true mother, we love you. Oh my God, this message is, I can feel the Holy Spirit. And it's just like, I don't feel that. Mm. <laughs> no. Yeah, I-, I totally get you on that. Like, like when I went to Top Gun in 2018 um, in Korea for like 21 days, I like, I totally experienced that. Like I would be in the prayer hall and we're praying and like there are people around me who are like crying, like slamming the floor, like praying, like their hearts out. Yabuji, like all that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, well, um, you know, I'm not really feeling that. So uh, I guess this is not for me, (laughs) but you know, that's not the case. Like there are people like that, you know, like me who, you know, it's not necessarily just because you're loud doesn't mean you're passionate and vice versa. Like, yeah. Just because you're quiet doesn't mean you're not passionate, you know? So yeah. like, there should be people, you know, like, and I, and now it's something I had to overcome. Like, Oh, like, and what saved me, I think was, you know, I talked to my parents about it and my dad's like, yeah, you don't have to, don't, don't worry about that. Like, you don't have to be loud. Like, just, just do what's comfortable for you. Cause like, wow, he was, you're a good parent. yeah. And, and cause, well, I'm partially because he went through the same thing. Like he's not the most outgoing <laughs> guy here. So, but yeah, I think yeah, having that uh, coming to that realization made faith a lot easier for me because it made me didn't make me feel the pressure of like if I'm not crying, then I'm not feeling it properly, you know. Like, but you know, you don't have to cry to feel things, and, and that just might not be the way you express your you know passion towards things. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening all the way to the end. If you're still here, we hope you enjoyed our conversation about our experiences growing up with this movement and the adversities that we faced. We know you guys also have similar stories, and we want to hear all about them as well. So come to our Discord, chat with us, and tell us what you've gone through, the good and bad. And if you want to hear a certain topic being discussed, let us know. You can reach us on Twitter at Lunastream, via email through lunastreampodcast at gmail.com, and don't forget to check out our Facebook page at Lunastream Podcast. And you can even check us out on Discord, linked below. Lunastream is available on all the major platforms you would find podcasts like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and YouTube, and much more. So don't forget to tune into the newest episodes. All right, that's all I have for now. See you next episode, and achoo.